This parable is maybe the most famous parable that Jesus ever told. And it's often referred to as the parable of the prodigal son because we tend to focus more on the conversion of the younger son, the prodigal son, who comes back to his father after this life of dissipation. You may have received, hopefully you received this image on your way in. If not, you can grab it on your way out. But it's a, a famous painting of this scene of the return of the prodigal son, and that's what it's called, the return of the prodigal son. It's a painting by a famous painter, Rembrandt, who was a Dutch painter of the 17th century. He had painted many self-portraits of himself all throughout his life, but this, he said, was his best self-portrait ever that he painted at the end of his life. And if you look there, the focus also of this painting is on this younger son who is being embraced by the father, by the merciful father. But if you look in the background, if you look closely in the back, you can see back in the, in the back, in the shadows, the older son as well, in the dark there, over the left shoulder of the father. And you can almost make out that he has his arms crossed. You get this sense of exactly what he portrays in this gospel. And later on, a Dutch priest wrote a biography of Rembrandt using this painting and his other self-portraits. And he writes this about Rembrandt. He says, Rembrandt is as much the elder son of the parable as he is the younger. When during the last years of his life, he painted both sons in return of the prodigal son, he had lived a life in which neither the lostness of the younger son nor the lostness of the elder son was alien to him. Both needed healing and forgiveness. Both needed to come home. Both needed the embrace of a forgiving father. But from the story itself, as well as from Rembrandt's painting, it is clear that the hardest conversion to go through is the conversion of the one who stayed home. And that's why we're going to focus actually on the older son this week, because all throughout this Lent, we've been speaking about different dimensions of reconciliation. And this week, the theme is reconciliation with others. And what we see in the older son, what we see exemplified in him, embodied in him, is one of the major obstacles, the major enemies for reconciliation with others. And that is resentment, holding grudges against others. We see him in this gospel that he comes back from a long day of work, and he hears his music and dancing, and he calls his servant and asks, what's going on? And his servant tells him, your, your younger brother's come back after so long. He's come back. Your father's celebrating. He slaughtered the fattened calf. And what's the response of the older son? It says, he became angry. You can hear, you can almost feel the resentment coming to the fore. The resentment that the brother is experiencing. And his father comes out of the house, comes out of the party. And it says, the gospel says that he pleaded with him. But the son replies, look, all these years I served you and not once did I disobey your orders. Yet you never gave me even a young goat to feast on with my friends. But when your son returns who swallowed up your property with prostitutes, for him you slaughtered the fattened calf. All these years, this older son's been in the house with the father. He's been there with him, but his heart 
has been far from the Father. He's been obedient. He's been servicial, as he says. But there hasn't been love in that service, in that obedience. And because of that resentment and that anger that he's harbored in his heart, his heart has become stony, cold and hard. And his resentment, we see that his resentment has isolated him as well. It's isolated him from his father. It's isolated him from his brother. And the father sees that, and the father wants to change that. He invites him to come back into the house. He invites him to let go of that resentment and be healed by mercy. Resentment, we can think of resentment like a landmine. You may not see it on the surface always. Everything on the surface may look like it's okay. But there, buried under the surface, buried in the heart, that resentment can be lingering. And as soon as somebody touches that topic or talks about that person, it goes off, just like that landmine when it's pushed. But the thing that this gospel teaches us, that the Father teaches us from this gospel, is that what disarms that landmine is mercy. And Jesus teaches us three ways that mercy disarms that landmine of resentment. The first thing that we see is that resentment causes us to be focused on the past. And what that leads to is despair and bitterness because we're only focused on the past, the things that people have done to us, what they owe us, the way that they need to make it up to us. And that's exactly what this older brother has done as well. He's only focused on the past, what his brother's done. His brother's left him to do all the work there in the house, that his brother's squandered all of their goods, half the estate. And he's holding on to those things. He says to his father, your son returns who swallowed up your property with prostitutes. That's all he's focused on. It's just on the past. But the father shows that mercy is not focused on the past. Mercy's focused on the future. And it leads to hope. That there is hope that that person, that any person can change. And that's exactly what we hear in the second reading from today. What St. Paul says. St. Paul writes, whoever is in Christ is a new creation. The old things have passed away. Behold, new things have come. And we see that in what the Father does. He gives him this new robe, ring, sandals on his feet. He totally clothes him to show that this is a new beginning, a new chapter, that there's hope for the Son. He's come back and he can change. Mercy is focused on the future and it leads to hope. In the second place, resentment what we see is that it causes isolation. It causes us, just like this older brother, to be alienated, estranged, separated from others, from our loved ones. In this gospel, the older brother never once calls his father father or his brother brother. But instead, what he says is he says to his father, that son of yours, that son of yours, doesn't call him father, he doesn't call his brother, brother. And that's what, that's what resentment does as well. Anger, bitterness, it isolates us. We lose even part of our identity of who we are. Whereas what mercy does is it leads to reconciliation and restoration. The father, look what the father does. He reminds him through this mercy, he reminds him who he really is. In one sentence, he says, my son, you are here with me always. Everything I have is yours. 
But now we must celebrate because your brother was dead and has come to life again. He reminds him of who he is, of what that mercy can, can do, that he's a son of the Father, that he's a brother of his brother, and that his brother needs him right now in this moment. Mercy, what it does is it restores our relationships with others, and it restores also our deepest identity of who we are as brothers, as sisters, as mothers, as fathers, daughters, sons, whatever that relationship is that needs to be restored, mercy can restore that relationship and that identity. And lastly, resentment causes us to wallow in our pain. In a sense, it paralyzes us to just be stuck there. The older son was stuck. The father, if you think about it, the father could have been just as stuck as that older father as the older son, because he had been hurt in so many ways as well. His younger son had basically said to him, you're dead to me, when he asked him for half of the estate. Because when do you receive the estate? When the parents die. And he was asking for it while his father was still alive. His younger son, his older son, had killed him in his heart. He would come back day after day, but it seems like there was no relationship there. The father had been hurt in many ways, but he's not stuck, he's not paralyzed. Instead, What the Father shows us is that instead of being paralyzed, mercy is proactive. All throughout this gospel, the Father is patient and the Father is proactive, seeking that reconciliation with both of his sons. He's waiting for his younger son to come back, and he's seeking to restore that relationship with his older son as well. Listen to all these different signs. The gospel says that while he was still a long way off, his father caught sight of him was filled with compassion, ran to his son, embraced him, kissed him. And with the older son, when he refused to enter the house, his father came out and pleaded with him. That mercy is so proactive. He's always the first one seeking it. Sometimes we think, well, no, but they need to come to me to ask me for forgiveness for what they did. No, the father says, no, you be the one that's proactive with that mercy. Be the first one to go and seek that reconciliation. And what we see at the end of the gospel is that the father invites the older son in, but the gospel doesn't tell us what happens. It's open-ended. We don't know whether the older son goes in. And Jesus does that on purpose, because in a way, every one of us is that older son. And Jesus left, the father left the option to that older son, and Jesus leaves the option for us as well, whether we want to seek that reconciliation or not, whether we want to hold on to that resentment or whether we can let it go, we can throw away the IOUs, we can be proactive and seek that reconciliation. So this week, what can we do? Three things. One is to make an unforgiveness list. So take time. Think through this week. Think about, are there some people that maybe I still need to forgive or be proactive and seek to restore that relationship a little bit more? And write those names out. Pray with that. Write those names of those people, that unforgiveness list. Secondly, in a moment of prayer, close your eyes, open your hands, and ask for the Father to give you his mercy. He's the merciful Father. Jesus says to us, be merciful just as your heavenly Father is merciful. We can't always do it on our own. It's not easy. But the Father can help us. We can ask him for that mercy to be able to forgive. And thirdly, Write a letter of forgiveness. Start with just one, one person that you want to write to.
and write a letter. You don't have to give it to them, but you can write that letter and then give that letter to our Heavenly Father. Just as we're celebrating this week, Leitare, right, Rejoicing Sunday, may this week be for all of us a week of reconciliation and rejoicing in the Father's house.